sinners and saints. Dust off those horns and halos. It's time for Alec After Dark. Sinners and saints. Sorry, I seem to have a hair caught between my teeth. I guess that's what I get for trying to go down on a limp biscuit. But anyway, hello and welcome back to a new episode of Alan After Dark. I hope you're feeling well. I hope you're feeling sexy. And I just want to say thanks for bearing with me as I work my way through this process, learning the technology and understanding how everything works. I hope that you have enjoyed the previous episodes, and I hope that you'll stick around for more adventures with Alan After Dark. And if that doesn't convince you to stick around, would telling you that I'm recording this naked make you want to stick around? (laughs) Well, fine. I'll put my pants back on. Jeez. Did I just sound like Mr. Garrison from South Park? I think I did. And you really don't have to worry. I'm not naked. I couldn't sit in this chair for any amount of time without chapping my ass. I'm really getting off track tonight, aren't I? Right off the bat here. But that's the way this is going to go sometimes. I've said before that I don't want this to be a version of Jerry Springer, but sometimes maybe it will turn out to be that way. Or maybe one of Kathy Griffin's stand-up routines, only funnier. Yes, I said that. Come and get me. But no, seriously, I am a huge fan of Kathy Griffin. I do think she's funny. And unlike most people these days, she can actually take a joke. So just deal with it if you can't handle it. Don't be offended by something like that. Be offended by something else. And if you are offended, please feel free to call the 1-900 number. 1-900, I don't give a fuck. Damn, I'm sounding a little pissed off. It may be a dangerous time for me to go to happy hour. Cocktails on top of a bad temper aren't always a good thing. Then again, I'm not going to be drinking tequila tonight. It is a school night for most of us, so I'm still in the mood to go out and hang out with hopefully some friends or maybe some strangers, you know, anybody with a big dick. And it really bothers me that you all assumed that I had a pubic hair in my mouth. Obviously, it was a beard hair, but you bitches will believe anything, won't you? But let's get honest about that for a second. I love a hairy man. I really love a hairy chest. And most of us don't have control of how much hair we have. That's obvious. But would it really be a big deal for you to trim at least the hair that runs along your shaft? I mean, it is a common courtesy, isn't it, for the person going down on you? Now, let's not get this wrong. I think bush is incredible, and I like me some bush. But sometimes it disturbs the flow, the rhythm of the BJ when you have to sit, lift your head back up and pick a hair out of your teeth or off your tongue. I have dated a person that was really hairy. In fact, I think a couple of times he was mistaken for a Sasquatch. And it would be some effort for me to get him to just trim a little bit along his shaft. Finally, you have to just withhold the deed until they get the message that they're not going to get any mouth action without a little bit of tree trimming down there. You know, now that I think about it, maybe I should have integrated a little bit of shaving into our foreplay. I think he wouldn't let me get that close to his man parts with a razor, but 
that's really tempting now that I think about it. That way it would be trimmed the way I'd like it. Although it's hard to be careful when you're shaving someone else, especially around their man berries, because you don't want to nick them or cut them because they'll bleed like a stuck pig. <laughs> there I am again, going on some strange tangent from where I was intending. But maybe we should talk about that. Maybe this is the way I should go whenever the topic comes up, even if it is possibly vodka-induced. Maybe I should just run with it. I don't know. But having called my ex a Sasquatch, in thinking about it, he was probably more like a Wookiee, only short. But I don't know why I'm judging him so harshly right now. I did sleep with him and everything else. It's really not my fault, is it, that he turned out to be a rat fuck son of a bitch with the morals of a Republican congressman in a rest stop men's room. That reminds me of the time that uh, when we were together, me and my ex-boyfriend in bed, I was asleep and I was having this really unusual dream of wafting through a field of wheat or flowers or something. It must have been some sort of sound of music seizure or something. I don't know. And waking up to find that my face was buried in the hair on my boyfriend's back. I don't want that to sound like a bad thing because, like I've said, I love a hairy man. And I don't mind hair on the back, on the ass. I mean, do you all watch porn? Do you, have you ever seen Diego Sands? My God, is there a prettier ass than he has? Is there a prettier back than he has? And he has hair. Not a lot, but it's just that amount that just makes it that more tasty. But with that ex-boyfriend, I think, honestly, I suffer a little bit from PTSD. Not from the hair, but truly he could be considered a bear because not only was he hairy, but he snored louder than a grizzly bear growls. Back when we were dating, I was living in an apartment and I remember my neighbor, my downstairs neighbor, commenting that she could hear the snoring from her apartment. And that is not a joke. You know, I tried everything I could to help reduce the noise, which meant a lot of times rolling him over on his side or trying to roll him over on his stomach. You know, I wasn't allowed to suffocate him with a pillow. You know, that's a... Uh, murder is a felony, and he wasn't worth going to prison over, looking back at it. And that's just a joke, everybody. I have no ill intentions or desires to hurt anyone physically, so don't even go there and think that this is some sort of confession of any kind. I mean, I even tried so hard to make it work with him that I bought earplugs, and I thought I could wear these earplugs, and he never know that I was wearing them because I didn't want him to be so upset that he was keeping me awake from his loud snoring. So I give it a shot. I try them on just to see if they were comfortable and such, these earplugs. And the right one got stuck in my ear. I went into panic mode. He was coming over in less than two hours and I couldn't seem to get this earplug out of my ear. I didn't know what to do. I went into panic mode so much that I jumped into the shower thinking a cold shower would, I don't know, shrink my ear or something. And 
I thought of anything I could do to the point of almost getting pliers to try to yank it out. Finally, after relaxing and calming down, it did come out, thankfully, with just a little bit of blood and a conversation with my doctor. It's always a humbling experience when your doctor says, you idiot, why did you do that? But in fact, that night that I woke up with my face buried in his back hair, it was a result of me rolling him over to try to quiet his snoring. That's the only reason I wound up in his back hair. So see, I am really a victim there. What? 911, what's your emergency? I should be rewarded for having to deal with that for so many months, thinking we were going somewhere, willing to sacrifice my own sanity and sleep, and having to deal with the fact that I did suffer through all that, for only for him to cheat on me with a friend of mine. But what can I say? I've said it before and I'll say it again. Men are pigs. Isn't it interesting how the conversation just changed there? This episode wasn't going to be about anything related to hairy men, but it's a great way for this show to start. And um, I don't think anybody will complain about conversation. And by the way, just an FYI, I mentioned Diego Sands a few seconds ago, and I just want to say that I don't believe that there's any sexier man on this planet at the moment other than Henry Cavill. And if you haven't seen any of Diego's work in adult entertainment, you are really missing out. That man is absolutely beautiful, but that is a topic for a different episode. This episode was meant to be about attractions to dating or fucking around with a coworker or your boss. Now, before we get into this, let me just say, when you're considering dating a coworker or maybe hooking up with a coworker or your boss, just don't do it. You're just asking for nothing but trouble, chaos, pandemonium, and probably heartache if your intention was about love. There is no good that really comes from that kind of a relationship in most cases, and usually you both end up hating each other, and at least one of you wind up unemployed. Let me add a caveat right here. What I just said, that advice about not doing it, that's really for the saints that are listening, and I think there might be one quote-unquote saint listening. So all you sinners out there, do whatever the fuck you want. If you want to wreak havoc, have at it, indulge, get crazy, do the 69, do the back up against the wall, Texas style in the third stall of the men's room or the ladies room or the parking garage or wherever. Have at it, have fun, live life. This is all we have. Do it, do it, do it. What? 911, what's your emergency? Now, obviously I am speaking from personal experience. So let's take a walk back in time to an occasion when I had sex with my boss. When I think about it, considering 
this day and age, you're probably more likely to get crabs at work than you would be at a hookup from a nightclub somewhere. Apparently, these kinds of affairs, hookups, etc., happen more in the workplace than almost anywhere else. And I have, I know of several people who have destroyed their marriages and uh, ruined everything in their life over a roll in the hay. I mean, I hope that if that's the case, and I'm talking both hetero, homo, every O, that the dick is worth it because it better be worth it. If it was good enough to destroy your relationship, your home life and everything else, it better be some of the best dick you ever got. In fact, maybe it should be Diego Sands or Henry Cavill you're throwing it all away for because God knows with Henry Cavill, he could pound me all night long up the ass. (laughs) Sorry about that. I just got carried away, you know, (sighs) Henry Cavill, Boner City, I'm telling you. How does one fall into a hookup with a boss if you are not sure that the boss is gay? And if that is a question, go back to my previous episode about straight guys, and it might fill in some of the blanks. In this case, I don't think the previous episode applies. And just an FYI, future episodes, we're going to be talking a lot about quote unquote straight guys, just so you know. And once again, let me remind everyone that the names will be changed to protect the guilty. Actually, after talking with my best friend Chadwick, he says that I should say the names will be changed to protect the satisfied. And I kind of like that, even though I think most of us wild and crazy guys prefer the term guilty. Uh, Guilty just tastes better. So... How did this start? How did I get involved with a boss? And I'm going to use the word sex in the terms of how I define it. So don't be judging me too harshly if my view of what sex includes doesn't fit your definition of it. But we're all entitled to what we view as sex. So maybe I should be more clear on that. We'll get to that in a different episode probably. So I was working in a small company that was producing a product that I won't mention because if I do, some of you would figure out what I'm talking about. And I am trying to protect both the guilty and the satisfied. So I was working for this company and it was a small company, maybe 80 people total, which I guess back at that time, it was a lot, but I uh, was in between jobs. I had struggled to find a position. I was working temp positions back then. And I had uh, applied for this job and went and talked to my potential boss. And within a few days, he called me and uh, offered me a position. And I immediately said yes. So I'm going to fast forward, though. He was a great boss. He was wonderful. But in the dynamics of this small company, people's responsibilities changed more frequently than you would expect. And so he was promoted to a different position and they weren't going to give me a management position then. So they brought someone in from the company that was like the main company that oversaw us. It was like an umbrella company. This guy that came in, we'll call him, what shall we call him? We'll call him Jack. 
when I was first introduced to him right away, I was like, oh, fuck, he is my type. He wasn't the tallest guy. He was like five foot eight, five foot nine, but such a stocky build. He was totally a compact, like rugby player, that structured face and the, the short hair. And he actually wore glasses. There was just something about Jack that just made me crazy. I just thought he was just physically, he was just the, the epitome of what pushes my buttons. We actually being in a small company and in the main office, we actually shared an office. My desk was up against his and we faced each other all day long, every day unless he was out in the plant or if I was out in the factory, if he was in the factory or I was in the factory, that would be the times we wouldn't see each other. But we had many, many hours every day that we spent together and we became friends. I still had the sexual attraction to him, but I also liked him as a person. Our conversations would be funny and interesting while we're doing our work. It just became a great working relationship. So you remember that boss, the one that actually hired me? Well, he knew something. Well, he figured out something about me that I did not know that he understood or realized. He would share this information or I guess this suspicion about me to potential managers and such to see if they had a problem because if they had a problem they wouldn't be hired which was great I was amazed by that and obviously in those days gosh you know I say in those days as if it was the wild wild west and I'm just talking maybe a decade or two ago that's all not too long ago I was a young kid working at this company so fuck off if you think I'm too old don't care about that anyway so eat me so I did not know that Jack had been provided this information about me. In fact, I didn't know that everybody in the office knew about me. And when I say that now, I'm saying that he was sharing that he thought that I was gay and did they have a problem with it? And if they had a problem with it, he would say, well, you can't work here. And once again, I was lucky. I was lucky that I had someone who was actually on my side that cared more about my abilities to do the work, which I could do it very well, and I did do it very well, compared to what I did in the privacy of my own home. But when I finally was told that he was telling people that, I kept wondering, well, what was it that he saw in me? What was I doing? Was What kind of vibe was I giving off? Not that it should matter, but I was still kind of curious because you still ran the risk of being attacked in public by bashers or religious people or whoever if they perceived you to be gay. But I never did really get an answer other than he just said, this was years later, he just said, well, I just kind of knew. I just kind of worked it out. I did not know that Jack had been provided this information before he started working with me. What happened was one day we were just chatting about something and he brought up gay people and he said something to the effect of, I would really love to have a deep conversation with somebody who's gay. I just really would like to get to understand more and I do have questions. Now, 
Remember, I did not know that he had been told this information about me. I was very guarded about my life at that time. I did know that some of them knew, and that'll be uh, another topic for another day. So when he said that, I'm like, oh, well, I do know a few gay people. If you really were interested, I could see if one of them would talk to you. And he was like, well, that'd be great. Now, most of you are probably screaming, you dumbass. He was dropping a hint right there at you. But if you did not know that he knew this information, how would you have picked up on that other than maybe he was trying to say that he might be gay. He might be interested, even though he had a wife and I feel that he was very happily married at the time. So being the dumbass that I was at the time, I just kind of let that conversation pass and never brought up the potential of a friend coming to talk to him or anything. So time was going on and I realized that he was not liked by our CEO and other managers. The CEO felt that the parent company had forced Jack upon him. They almost viewed him as a spy, I believe. So there never was much of a a love fest between them, even though I was head over heels crazy. My previous boss, who was still working there, I can remember one time where he was being very sarcastic and he just said, oh, you really love him. You never loved me like you love him, did you? And I didn't know what to say to that. I'm like, I just grinned and was like, well, we just kind of hit it off. I'm sorry, you know, you're down there at the other office and I'm here with him, so there. And it was really kind of a, a funny thing. Now, time was moving on and we were still working and enjoying it and we had these horrible times where we were responsible for inventories and some of the inventory was maintained outside in very large amounts in rail cars upwards of 20 tons of this raw material and jack and i every month at close we would have to count and keep an inventory counts for every month and that would include in the winter time, and I remember one winter, one month end close. That's a, an accounting term, by the way. We won't go in any further into that, but trust me when I say month end close, every accounting person knows what that is. So we were out here in this large rail field trying to count the inventory. It was about three degrees. There was ice on the ground. It was freezing rain the night before. It was just miserable. And so with things like that, you do bond with each other. And we really did bond with each other. I guess when that happens, you become more and more comfortable with each other. There was just one day where he had gone to the men's room. I was working, you know, it was a really busy day. The phones were ringing. It, it was kind of crazy that day. And he comes back in and he stands in front of me at the corner of my desk and he's looking down pointing and he said I don't know what happened here but I've I've pissed myself a little bit and he had a pee stain through his jeans I don't know I think that was just a comfort level but he didn't I don't know what the point was but other than making me look at his dick at his area the crotch area where he had a little bit pissed his pants like some of us have done boys you know better you know 
that we've all done that, so don't even lie. And the older you get, the more that happens, just FYI. If you're really, really young now, i.e. in your 20s, guess what? You've got a lot of things to look forward to when it comes to the dick area and your kidneys. So he didn't seem to, well, he pretended like that was no big deal. It was just like a bonding thing. And I'm like, damn, I hate it when that happens. And kind of move forward with that. Didn't think anything about it, really. But once again, I know you're all screaming at me. He's telling you he wants you to look at his dick. Now, do you remember the first episode of Alan After Dark where I talked about guys that rearrange themselves, touch their crotches, grab their dicks all the time? Well, guess what? Jack did that, too. And it was totally wearing me out. I was turned on all the time. And I know that people could tell that when he came into the room or when he came around and I was somewhere else, a couple of the girls I worked with at the time, they would say, your face and your eyes light up every time he comes around. So I readily admit that I had not only a physical attraction, I had an emotional crush on Jack. I'd be willing to almost say that I was in love. I don't really like using that word in a frivolous way, but I was almost there with him. Anyway, the company never was very successful. It struggled and struggled and struggled. And the parent company was growing more and more frustrated with the results. No profits, always in the red. And one day, the CEO and the other two managers decided it was time to sell. Well, when that happened... They were going to sell the company out from under the parent company. And Jack had no intention of leaving the parent company. He had worked there mostly his whole life. He basically said, well, when they are planning to sell that I am going to, going to be going back to the parent company. And this devastated me. I really didn't know how to handle that except for being upset about it. I was going to miss him. He was not only eye candy, but he was a friend of mine now. He was somebody that I did relate to and could talk to him about things, well, except for being gay, at least up until that point. So there was this big meeting that we had, and it was going to be his last day there. And usually they would... The upper management would take the whole management team out and celebrate and wish the person well. This didn't happen on this occasion with Jack. I don't think that, that the CEO cared one bit. But we had a little thing there at the office and stuff. I don't know why he did it, but he just said something to the effect of, I'm not really ready to go home. I'd like to go do something. I'm going to go get some beer could I come by your place and we could drink and have a really a real celebration? I was like, yeah, that'd be great. Even though I was more in the mindset of I'm losing a friend of mine and I'm not happy about that. At that point, it really didn't occur to me that I could be doing something else with the situation. So I gave him directions to my place and I had it on home, even though two of the girls that I worked with wanted to go to one of the local bars that we used to hang out a little bit in. But I was like, no, I'm going to go on home and I'll see you tomorrow. Never telling them that I was going to be meeting Jack at my apartment 
to hang out and drink beer. So he arrives at my apartment and we come in and he's got a whole 24 case. But I was like, oh my God, I don't like beer that much. But you know what? I get to spend at least one last night with a guy that I really liked. So we started chatting there in my living room and and talking about stuff. He finally said, he says, you know that Mark told me about you before I even started working there. So I've known this whole time. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, what am I supposed to do with that? Anyway, he was sitting there and then he just said, you know, I've always been curious about it. And since this is it, I'll never get to see you again. Do you want to try? Before I could even get an answer out, he had his pants undone and was pushing them down to his ankles as he stood there. And of course, I didn't hesitate under the influence of Bud Light. And he absolutely loved it. I got him off, unfortunately, too fast. But I was hungry for him as much as he was hungry for the experience. (laughs) And I remember that actually, I guess that he and his wife had not had sex in a while because it was no problem getting him off. I believe it was three times, actually, if I remember correctly. I could be a little bit dazed and maybe that was just wishful thinking, but he was one of those guys who could just explode over and over and over again. And apparently at work the next day, I must have had this look in my eye because one of the girls that I worked with started grinning at me and she was like, you had sex last night. Are you kidding me? On a Thursday? No, I really didn't. I'm not sure why I denied it. I guess I was just trying to keep Jack's secret and um, was very happy even though most of the people that knew about me at the time, I guess really did have it figured out. So having said that, I did miss him and I thought I would never see him again. But the company did not sell as quickly as they wanted it to. So the parent company still had ownership basically of it, or at least a majority holding of the company. So the company kept going, even though it wasn't doing very well. Now, flash forward to about a year and a half later, after a a horrendous tragedy at the plant where someone lost their life, they began having what they would call an annual memorial golf tournament in his honor. So the main managers and stuff, they were there at the golf course all day playing. It was going to be played all the way into the evening. It was summertime. Of course, it was. Some of the girls that I worked with, they were actually down at the golf course during the day. And I, out of the blue, I get a call on my office number. And one of the girls, she goes, guess what? Jack is here for the tournament. And I was a little bit, uh, well, I was both. I was excited and actually disappointed that he didn't call me or let me know that he was coming in. I don't know if that was just circumstance I don't know that there was anything intentional. You know how men are. Men can barely remember to stand up sometimes. So I was really excited to get off work and I was going to head straight down to the golf course just to hang out with everybody too. And of course, the management team, they had been playing golf all day and they were drunk as shit on beer. 
and that included Jack as well. But they were having a good time, it seemed like. But anyway, I was sitting there at the country club on the golf course. We were sitting there chatting, and I was drinking a beer or some god-awful version of cold piss, really. Talking with it, chatting with some of the girls and some of the guys. We were having a good time talking. One of the other girls, she came up and she said, they need more beer out on the ninth hole or the or the tenth hole or whatever hole it was it just wasn't my hole it was one of the golf courses holes and at the same time jack had pulled in on his golf cart and i could tell he went, he went to take a piss i know but he come out right when the other girl said that and he goes i'll give it to alan he and i will take it out on the golf course and the girl who kind of suspected the previous time that he and i had hooked up gave me that all-knowing grin and she goes well as long as you as long as that's all you do. And I was like, what? And he was like, what? Anyway, so we load up the golf cart and we're heading out to whatever hole it was. So we had time as we were taking the, the, the beer out there, we had time to chat. And he just said, I mean, out of the blue in his drunken days, he, he says, you know, that night when I left, that was the best blow job I ever had in my life. I'm like, well, thanks, you know. And he was like, I really would love another one. And I'm like, okay, let's just figure this out. And uh, we dropped off the beer and said we were going to come back to the country club and get more and found an area of bushes. And I gave him another mind screamer. Thankfully, he knew to keep quieter because I think that if people had heard it, they would have called the police thinking that someone was being murdered. I believe, because he really did enjoy his orgasms. So I think it's about 25, 30 minutes later, we get back to the country club and and I just yell out, we need more beer. They, they need even more than we got. So get me some more and we'll take it back. And the girl whispered to me, she goes, do you know how red your lips are right now? I'm like what? She goes, your lips are really red. Did you blow him? And I'm like, that's none of your business with my all-knowing grin. But that was indeed the last time I ever saw Jack that night. Obviously, I have great memories. I still enjoy thinking about that adventure. Though, I honestly believe that I could have probably fallen in love with him and would have sought a relationship. But my mind, the way I thought about things then is that I knew that there was no way he would ever commit wholly to me because he did love his wife. He did want a family, something that at that time I couldn't give. I couldn't give it now other than adoption, of course. But what I'm saying is, is that he needed the structure of society's view of what a family is. I don't think he could have ever dealt with how his family would have looked at him, his father and his mother. In a lot of ways, I could think about the character of Enos Del Mar in Brokeback Mountain, only he wasn't that frightened by it. He wasn't that cautious with it as far as when it came to me. He he was an outgoing person. He wasn't one who would who couldn't get the words out, who would stay quiet. He just wouldn't want to talk about the sexual aspects of being with another guy. So maybe it is the same thing, even though he looked more like, well, like Jack Twist, like Jake Gyllenhaal in a lot of ways, only a little bit thicker. 
So yeah, now you can, now you get the picture, don't you? Now you're like, oh yeah, that would be totally doable. I would totally do that one. Well, I know y'all would. Every single one of you, you perverts. Oh, you're all freaks after my own heart. I guess what I'm saying as we come toward the ending of this episode is that when I had my little fling, I guess it was still the safest way to do it. He was leaving anyway. I never felt the consequences of being with someone that I work with and having to face them every day in a way of pretend. And I guess that would be the part that would would bother me is that the pretending would not work for me because obviously people could see it on my face when it came to Jack. I'm kind of glad about that, though. I'm kind of glad that I was able to show feelings for someone where maybe they could feel or sense it, but they couldn't really know unless I said so. And that, once again, stems from that part of me. If you want to call it a fetish, I guess we can. But that forbidden, the taboo, and he, like several other men in my life, definitely was forbidden. You know, he was in a committed relationship with his wife, but that just made him that more attractive to me anyway. And we'll get into this more probably in another episode. But one of the things that I always found interesting is that I know a couple of gay guys who would purposely wear a wedding ring into the gay clubs because it drew some men to them. It was easier for them to get laid when the guy that thought, when the guy thought that the, that he was married. And isn't that intriguing? Don't you think that is? Maybe it's about the, for, for a lot of guys, we don't necessarily want commitment. We just want to get our rocks off. So knowing or thinking that a man is married, you know that they're not looking for a commitment from you maybe just an occasional hookup. And that's that segment we'll talk about in a future episode too, about separating the two things, that the physical orgasm, the sexual part of uh, a gay connection, a gay hookup, means nothing compared to the relationship. There's no comparison. So they, in a lot of guys' eyes, you can view it as two separate things, that even if you might have had an orgasm, you're blowing a guy or getting fucked by a guy, that is just a gratification, a need, a physical need that the man needs. He still wants the aspects, the parameters of a married life. And I think you also see that with older men. When I mean older men, I mean like in their 70s and, and older, especially the hetero cis men, is that if their wife dies, have you noticed how they seem to get married very quickly? It's not about the relationship at that point, as far as marriage, they're looking for a mother, someone who can wash their clothes, do the dishes, make them dinner and breakfast, because a lot of the older men of that generation, their wives did all that for them. And so they don't know what to do when that's over. I, I, I just see it all the time. And I think those dynamics we'll talk about in a future episode too. But I really just like telling that story because Jack is just this hot, hot man. And I love that adventure. And I think 
that if he were to knock on my door right now, I'd be on my knees faster than Lizzo on James Madison's flute. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Alan After Dark. I hope you've had fun. I hope you've been entertained. Remember, take life by the balls and be real. I'll see you soon. Thank you.